and his greatest <laughs> creation, as he loves to tell. Okay, we need to talk about this. It's a podcast called Podcasts. <laughs> fiend of the fell. A resonant uh, baritone voice you got. There. Thank you. I'm classically trained, and it goes nowhere. Uh, <laughs> hey, got us here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is the podcast called Podcasts. I am TV's Kevin Lanigan, and this is Graham Teckler. Hi, Kevin. Hello, Graham Teckler. How are you doing? Uh, you know what? I just got back from a, a month-long work excursion, uh, working seven-day weeks, it's and hard. today I slept for 15 hours. Uh, so we're, we're really living there, in a beautiful yeah. spot. <laughs> I have no food. It's awesome. I'm digging it. Um, yes, as cor- of course, when I came back, there is, of course, in the, in the recording studio with us, a suitcase full of clothes... Um, but I did put away all the books and DVDs that I bought. They are alphabetized. No one needs to worry. They're on the shelf. They're on the shelf. They're the cataloged. beautiful shelf. It's really a conversation piece <laughs> on the way into the apartment. It's successful. We talked about it for like half an hour. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Graham, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk cats. Yes. Uh, the weird cocaine. Are, what is your history, if any, with the Broadway musical Cats. I don't really have a, a huge history with Cats. That was like the one... Honestly, like all of the Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals kind of eluded me as a kid who was definitely 100% a um, you know, musical theater in the car on road trips kind of family. That really? was definitely our kind of family. Big time, big time, big time. But what were the what were the standards? What were the classics on the road? Oh, uh the the nineteen I wanna say nineteen ninety two revival of Guys and Dolls was All a big right. one. It was also it was any um any of the musicals that my cousins were in, they were like several years older than me, so whenever they were in a musical, then that uh, uh musical would be on heavy rotation in, in our household so we could like get ready to go see their production of it. it was very cute but that's why i have a huge affinity for the obscure um peanuts musical snoopy which most people regard as very bad not I the it very good. so none of the popular charlie brown plays not you're a good man no. charlie brown you know snoop i've snoopy, never heard three of exclamation points it's great it's the best one Hold yeah on. i have spotify open right now and i am just curious yeah Snoopy. I, I don't even know if it's going to be on. Snoopy versus here. the Red Baron. Uh, three exclamation points. I am it's not, not. It's not there. I am not finding it. And that is generally. Gen, that's. That's fine. You know what? That's. that's I know. Uh, that's how yeah, we're not going to derail the episode, but no, I am going curious. to bank I mean, it for myself later. I think you would actually really like Snoopy three exclamation points. Snoopy three exclamation points. Musical? Mm-hmm. Question mark? Oh yeah, I think they Snoopy the musical. It. Here's a whole uh, taped version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. The world according to Snoopy. Woodstock's theme. Okay. Yeah, that's that's. All that. right. Well, let. I know we were talking about your life and your history. After this YouTube ad, we're gonna we're just gonna hear a little. Sure, bit sure. Of Snoopy. Snoopy the musical. Um, but yeah. So none of the Andrews. Oh, God. It's lovely. It's really, really lovely. This is not what I expected. It's very like '70s musical theater uh, energy. <laughs> You're dying over here.
Yeah, I, when that I was so earnest, it's very earnest. It's very funny, I think. Now, okay. again, I should preface this by saying, like, uh, most people think this is a pretty bad musical, and I've just never that's disappointing found it conceivable that they would consider it that way. Uh-huh. Um, but we didn't have any like uh, we had probably Jesus Christ Superstar, mm-hmm. and we had uh, 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 what's it called, Joseph. Oh, okay, but. None of that. Were you those a religious my... household? No. Okay. Not at all. Those are huge shows, no matter who you are. Yeah, they're they're uh, secularly popular, uh, but I it just was they they were never the ones that like really mm-hmm. grabbed me, and I've never heard uh, I've never listened to Phantom of the Opera. I've never listened to never listened to Cats. Like I knew the you know you know the songs right. You know Jellico Cats and Memory and. <sighs> And other, like, you kind of pick up on other um, bits of it then when you, like, do high school theater and it becomes sort of, sort of a punchline, but also a thing yeah. that everyone has a very strong emotional attachment to the at the same cats time. Cats elicits a strong emotional reaction out of everyone, and it's never the same emotional reaction. No. But I, everyone has deep, hard-won opinions about Cats. Sure. And where I've, I've grown to the place where... Um, it's funny, like, from my vantage point today, if you were to say I'm adapting a, uh, a, a book, a weird book of poems into a musical that I intend to be not just commercial entertainment, but like culturally defining commercial entertainment in its form, I would be like, this is amazing. I can't wait to hear this. I can't wait to see this. Like, the notion of that is so alien and bizarre these days. It does sound like a hipster musical that you would see totally. three steps off Broadway. No, yeah, no, it sounds like the kind of thing your your friend would invite you to in, like, the West Village, and you'd kind of go reluctantly. You would go if like, there was a comp, you know what I mean? Yeah, you'd have to get comped in to, to that, for sure. Uh, but I, I sort of admire how bizarre it is. I'm definitely excited for the movie, in a big way. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and, um... And not just because I don't think it looks like it's going to be good, but Bold. I, I but I don't, but I also I I I think it's going to be really interesting, and I think it's a really really interesting musical. That this song that we're about to talk about today, for me, like falls right in the sweet spot where it's like everything that I think is really interesting about this musical and everything that I think is really annoying about this musical, kind of in the same breath. But I well, enjoy listening to it more than most of the other songs yeah. in the show. You I'll you say. had a pretty good pick of the litter as far as like songs available Definitely. that you wanted to cover. Yep. And you chose by far one of the most annoying songs. So you don't in the like this. Song. You're, you're, you're not into this. One. I, there we'll get into it we'll as we into like yeah, yeah, yeah. dive into Gus the Theater Cat. Um, it is everything that people hate about cats. Really? It so, is so. Tell me about that then, because I, okay. I, I'm still going a little bit blind, where I have, like, a stew of, like, culturally formulated opinions about what's good and what's bad about cats, and yeah. then my own kind of, like, contrarian opinion, opinions bubbling to the surface. Yeah. But I don't really know where Gus the theater cat falls into that for most people. Sure. I think, well, I would argue that most of humanity does not have a strong opinion about the song Gus the theater cat. Okay. Um, but it is not one of the songs from Cats that has risen up 
Um, sure. The, you know, like a memory, like a Jellicle Cats. Or I think even like a Mr. Mistopheles has its own kind of baggage. This yeah. doesn't even have that. No, this has almost nothing. And you can get out of a discussion about the musical Cats without having mentioned this song in any way. Which is like seven minutes long or something. It's so long. It's I've maybe, listened to it like seven times today on a loop, and I feel ill. It's maybe a little, it's a little long. It it's doesn't a, have to be that long. It's a, it takes two minutes for us to get to Gus. He does not show up for two full minutes of this song. Yeah, there's that, but it's also, I listened to, um, there's a recording you can find mm-hmm. of uh, T.S. Eliot himself reading the poem, which I did have as a kid. I had the book, the, the old Possum's book. Of oh, Cats. shit. And, um... But I didn't really remember any of them. But listening to him read it, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, people say that it's a weird source material. And it is. But there's a weird kind of logic to why someone mm-hmm. would pick this up and be like... Let's put it this way. If you're Angela Weber and you're like, my thing is I make musicals out of stuff. Yeah. Like, I just pound out musicals constantly. Right, I, I am totally imagine being a, like a '30s pulp Universal monster movie and transforming it into a grand romance epic for the ages. Yeah, he's done weirder adaptations. He, yes. honestly, yeah. Um, Cats is far from the strangest premise for an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. No, easily. Yeah. That that dubious honor is going to have to go to Starlight Express, right? hundred percent. Yeah. It's the the dancers are a train and they're making a. A train yeah. out of them. It's Starlight Express is a whole other bag, and I wish Starlight Express had become the the absolute undeniable juggernaut that, that they, Cats had done, and that they kind of expected Starlight Express to be uh-huh. to a certain extent, right? and and a complete, a, a notorious failure and flop in the history of Broadway, in the history of the careers of everyone involved. Cats, are like the defining success of everybody who's ever touched it. The defining success touched. of Broadway as an institution. This thing is fucking baffling. Yeah. This this made two billion dollars in one year. This made they redesigned the theater it was in to be better to Which show. Which was it in? The Winter Garden. Oh, that's his. That's his like stomping ground. Right? That's his. That's his. That's his, that's his baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. That's that's his Richard Rogers. Um, yeah. It's and it's Graham's way of orienting himself in Midtown Manhattan when he gets off the one train, so he knows which direction is north. Is over yeah, there. Exactly, yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, that's your North Star is the Winter Garden Theater. <laughs> yeah, and but this it, Cats and it's going to come up over and over again is such a unique part of Broadway history because it is on the Mount Rushmore of Broadway. Sure. It's like Ethel Merman, a cat, you know, in <laughs> Sondheim and now Lynn, I guess. Well, it's also, I think, like, but I, I just think that, like, insofar as you can talk about the, the things that are good and bad about what Sir Andrew brought to New York theater specifically, Cats is like the the linchpin of whatever argument you're about to make. It's, it's the Rosetta Stone goofy, to... But it is, like, extremely, um... It's thoroughly unembarrassed of itself. And that's... To a punishing degree. But you don't see that anymore. It's, like, ever. the most earnest theater camp production you've ever seen. Is that maybe you all should probably be embarrassed of what's happening. It definitely has that energy. But your complete lack of self-awareness is what makes it 
work. Work. Yeah. In, in as much as anyone can argue how much it works, and I think everyone has a different opinion sure, on sure. the scale of works to not work of where Cats is going to fall. Yeah. But the complete lack of self-awareness, the complete commitment to some absolute bonkers material. Like, you just have to accept, like, yeah, cats have three kinds of names. Like, the names that people give them, their names yeah, that they've chosen for themselves, and their secret ancient names that were written weird. onto their soul. Did you ever, were you a fan of the Warriors books? The Warriors? It was the uh, young adult uh, fantasy novels about tribes of uh, warring cats, where, like, a house cat, like, stumbles into it, and they all have different names, like Firestar and Thunder Teeth or whatever. Bramble like, Pelt. Yeah, basically. I'm almost positive that's an actual name. Like, did you ever read those? No, this is all new to me, and I'm disappointed. So that imagine I if like Cats was like cool. Uh, if Cats was Redwall. <laughs> if Cats was Redwall, and they like <laughs> murdered each other in cold blood, <laughs> and yeah, that's that's the Warriors books. Apparently, they still make them. They they make a shit ton of them. I'm disappointed. It's like uh, the Percy Jackson books is that yeah. they're still spitting those motherfuckers out. Yeah, there's just like there's no shortage of gods to... I get, and they do different pantheons now. There's yeah, like an yeah, Egyptian yeah. one. I was very deep into those when um when they came out. I, that Those hit me at just the right age. Those first five I jammed like junior year of high school. I never read the fifth one, but I read the, I read the first or the fourth multiple times. Wow. Probably. Well, the fourth is objectively the best one. The Labyrinth. I love Labyrinth. it. I dig it. It's my yeah, number one jam. that's probably the best one. It's my yeah. number one jam. Of the ones that I read. It's yeah. where all the characters come together and it really... Yeah, really now that I'm remembering it, yeah, that's actually it's unquestionably the best one. Thank you. Thank you um, for the... Per and they, they just keep trying to make Percy Jackson happen in other mediums, and we and keep a saying no. that's actually doing pretty well for itself. I, is right? it, like, is it a, is it a, 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 a smash... All I know, the I I kind of know the the guy who wrote the book to that musical, so it wouldn't be on my radar otherwise. But I, I'll see like different iterations of it on Facebook pop up of like, oh, it's like something's happening with it here. Oh, something's happening with it here. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And now, right now, it's at the I think the ART, no, not the ART, the Huntington Theater in Boston. One of the major regional theaters in Boston is now doing like a proper run of the Percy Jackson musical after it was touring for a while. And it's very strange to be like, I guess, like, I guess it's doing well. I, I have not I heard guess a we're making it happen. note from it, so I don't know. I can't speak to how it is. And I'm not I'm not going to diverge us down another separate YouTube mm, musical path. I could so thoroughly just okay. derail this okay. entire podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cast, cats. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, 80% of the reason this show is getting made is because I came up with the name Podcats. Yeah. And, and uh, now we're... Like, sold it on a napkin. And uh, you have your, <laughs> I wrote Alien on a board, and then I wrote <laughs> an S with a fucking dollar sign on it. Um, I don't know. Let's just click on this yeah. big old opening thing. with a lightning bolt properly. That's I great. think the the lightning bolt that comes with iTunes. So this is, it sounds like sort of Spring Awakening meets uh, Temple's Advocate. <laughs> God is an absentee landlord. Yeah, the 
Okay. That's a good log line. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. The gods have kids and those kids have issues. I like it. I like that. Like the CW drama. Based it's a very, this. yeah, it's very kind of CW drama. <laughs> so they're, they're I, if really I, if I was using... Like, if I was 13 years old, this would be like my fucking... The apple of my eye. This is a kids' bop version of "Daddy Wasn't There" from Austin Powers and Goldmember. <laughs> this is the, this is the the Urta. It sounds it's it's like you took the musical arrangements of every musical that comes out now with the electric guitar and you piled dunk, them dunk, all dunk, together. Dunk, dunk, they dunk, all, every I'm a, opening I'm a song sounds like I'm this. I'm a total sucker for that little opening dunk, song. Dunk, it's dunk, an dunk, opening dunk, song, dunk, and we're all gonna sing along. Um, I'm glad we we've gone down these several these musical divergences. Very different musicals. Absolutely. One honoring the rich history of Percy Jackson as a franchise, and one honoring the oddly dominant force that is Peanuts on stage. Peanuts on stage is a weird history. It's as steady as the tide. There's so much Peanuts stage material. There are a number of musicals in the blank blank Charlie Brown franchise. There's, like, the doctor is in Charlie Brown. Like, there's really? a whole... Oh, there's more than just your Good Man, Charlie Brown? The Good Man, Charlie Brown is the is the most famous one. It's like, well, when you... Kevin Snoopy is the most famous one. Uh, well, I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, it, it, as far as I know, as far Listen, as I'm concerned, it's the only one. We're getting the podcast bump here. Now Snoopy album sales are going to wrap up. They're going to blip. <laughs> they're going to be like, what was this? Blip. Right. Someone, must this, have, someone must have nudged the machine. What was this 10 listener blip? It must have been like an earthquake yeah, that moved right. the needle. Um, but yeah, it's an oddly dominant form. Have you, uh, are you familiar with Dog Sees God? That's the edgy Peanuts play. Yeah, that's the right? fucking like uh, R rated yeah, Peanuts what if experience. The peanuts like did heroin and blew each other. Yeah, I'm not totally interested. That, I think both of those things do happen. I'm not surprised. I read that in in playwriting school. So. Sure, it's a, a, a class of adaptation. Yes, or, and or, then I of um, course put on my uh, my production of a very Scooby funeral. Um, so that is my approach much to that. Better much. idea. <laughs> And I also wrote a full-length play, uh, Scooby-Doo and the Manson Family Murders. Looking for a venue, everyone. That's looking funny. for That's looking a better for... idea than Dogsy's God. Sorry. <laughs> Where it's like, what whoever. if Charlie Brown did heroin? And what if, like, Peppermint Panty finally oh, fucked? You know what I mean? Thing, yeah, like, what if all these fucking... All the things that were handled with nuance in the comics were handled... <laughs> Hamfistedly. <laughs> what if, like, we all know Charlie Brown had depression. But what but... if we made the subtext supertext? <laughs> what if we took the subtext, blew it up big on that app it's with the even, flashing letters? It's not even subtext in the comic. It's like the, I don't know. I, I find dog see, sees God to be a dog sees God is sort of a not the most compelling way to handle the uh, the whole Snoopy verse. No, I think they nailed it decades before that with the original Peanuts productions. Yeah. I think they nailed it with, like, uh, uh, what's the Christmas one? Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown? What the fuck is that one called? Uh, the one with the tree. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mar- uh, Snoopy. A, Char- a Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. I think Christmas, they yeah. fucking, they knocked it out of the park. That is the, that yeah, is great. the Rosetta Stone for the rest of the Peanuts yeah, verse. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And in Doxy's got, there's this weird, like, earnest parts where he's like, writing letters to God and God writes it back initialed CS that's, it's like do you get it that's are you serious yeah that's like one of the dumbest uh, things I've ever heard in my <laughs> he's writing letters to God and God writes a letter back and God's initials are CS Charles is that intended to be the God of the <laughs> penis universe and the 
they treat God like the duck amuck cartoon, and he oh, can like God, erase his you. hands comes. Oh. <laughs> that sucks, man. That's that's really bad. So take that dog sees God. Wow. Uh, a play that has certainly made its money back by this point. You know what like, I mean? Snoopy's better than that. Come on, Snoopy's better than that. Snoopy's better than that easily. I think, and yet Snoopy's the one that's saddled with all the all the ill will from the Peanuts fan community. <laughs> I it's not fair. As someone who trolls the forums every day on the Peanuts fan community, <laughs> I'm really I'm on the fucking pulse. You know, I is there a world of YouTube that makes like four hour long Peanuts dissection videos <laughs> in the same way that like God damn it, video games and anime are a blight. <laughs> yeah, or someone is is like uh how like SJWs have ruined Snoopy <laughs> And the thumbnail is like Charlie Brown going Err, and yeah, there's like yeah, a big exactly. circle around his head. Total cartoon the, failure. The circle is the female symbol. <laughs> I I <laughs> You you, I'm, I, you click one Last Jedi video out of sort of a perverse curiosity, and your your fucking algorithm is ruined for the rest of your life. It, I don't want to see any more of that pop up in my feed, but it deeply is. Listen, you listen to a couple two hour long video game reviews to fall asleep, and now your algorithm is absolutely fucked from now until the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, mine's been mine's been pretty fucked by all that. Mine's been pretty fucked. I refuse to click on a Star Wars video now. I can't do it. It just completely messes with the whole DNA of my YouTube experience. You're being a lot more delicate than I am then because the DNA's been messed with, I think. There's no room I'm going sorry. back. That's okay. I also don't know what... there's. They put out like one movie a year. You know, like, what is there to say at this point? Wait until the I next don't know. one. You know, I say that and then I still, if I like connect with somebody at a bar who is as into The Last Jedi as I am, that's like the whole night of... Who was I talking to about this? The other... Uh, Ian Dyer. And uh-huh. I uh, 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 revealed to each other how much we're into um, Last Jedi, and that just took up the rest of the night. The Last Jedi is the rest of the, our my friend group was favorite isolated. Star Wars movie of all time. <laughs> That's a totally defendable position. It's I, not my favorite, but it it's, is my... I, I. Yeah, I, I don't didn't. Know. I didn't. I didn't grow story. up with it. I didn't like Star Wars. That's is not the, a thing that was all thing. around my house. And so I like I like A New Hope. I'm not super into Empire. Like it's fine. I know that's blasphemy. No, that's fair. Uh, Force Awakens I thought was like good, but I'm not really compelled to like watch it over and over. The Last Jedi I've seen like seven times. Yeah, it's very compellingly watchable. Um, it's the most beautiful blockbuster of the last however many years. It's like that in Guardians Two. I was like, this is gorgeous. That's a good call. I, I I was very happy to see it pop up on that indie wire list of like hundred best movies of the decade. Oh, I haven't tried that list yet. It's a long list. Um, That's a hundred movies. Whole okay. decade though. And so. I ain't gonna read all them blurbs underneath it. That paragraph that they meaty, send everybody. Meaty blurbs. Oh, they're meaty blurbs but I was, too. I was nah. glad to. Uh, I was glad to see it there. I'll read that like Grand Budapest blurb if that pops up. I'll read like a short term twelve blurb if I, I run by that. Imagine both are, are on there somewhere so. on that list. I should hope to God so. Uh, let's. Let's let's get into the meat of this episode. Do you have somewhere to be? No, I'm no, okay. I'm, I'm just uh, opening the lyrics. Ah, okay. Episode. I was like, I was just making sure. I was not offended. I no, was just no, no, like no. checking. I'm like, I'm wasting his sure. valuable time talking about. No, 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 no. Hardly, about Star hardly. Wars. Okay. Never wasting my time talking about Star Wars. All right. So let's right. get into the song of the hour that Graham Teckler has chosen for himself for whatever reason. Gus the theater cat. Gus is the cat. At the theater door, 
His name as I ought to have told you before is really asparagus. <laughs> That's such a Okay. <laughs> no, why did that not stop it? <laughs> Alright. So are, are we, we're gonna go like beat by beat. We're gonna go yeah, whenever we have something to say. We're gonna stop the the fucking train and really. So his, his name is really asparagus. His name is really asparagus, but that's such a fuss, as you can tell by how they fucking crammed think, that three dollar word in a one dollar hole. Yeah, asparagus isn't that much of a hassle to to pronounce or to call a cat. Right? It's not, I mean, like... There are other know, cats with more cumbersome names than asparagus in... A hundred Who do not have uh, abbreviations or nicknames. No! I mean, asparagus, like, obviously you call your cat asparagus, and then maybe you call it, like, Berger or whatever the fuck, like, you would abbreviate that, came, <laughs> that cat's name for 300 times a day when you're like, get off my lap! Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But the... But they you're telling really... me we had, to, we had to get a nickname for asparagus, but we... Old Deuteronomy has to be called Old Deuteronomy every single time. Yeah, title seems... and everything. Yeah, that's much a like grandiose. Dame Sir Judy Dench has to must be called Dame Sir Judy Dench the entire time yeah. we're referring to her. They, I just musically, I think this song keeps itself from because this should be a song where the audience is crying. Like this should be like the beautiful story of an old cat who's, like, past his prime, but he's such a lovable Falstaffian character. Sure. But I think a combination of the the music being so inconsistent, the music messing with its own meter too much that it, like, throws us off guard so we can't get into an emotional place that we can get into in, like, I Dreamed a Dream or On My Own. Like, any of the big Broadway cry songs are very simple musically. I Sure. I think this... What I like about this song, though, is that it's way more modest in an, its ambition than the other uh, uh, huge... Um, it's, like, not intending to be a, a, a Sir Andrew, like, 11 o'clock number, obviously. It's way too... Right. It's just way too um, modest for that. But it's also... What I like about this song hmm. is that when I was listening to the original, all of the poems are... Oh, here's like a little whimsical. Uh, uh, whimsy is like the operative word in almost all of these poems. 100%. But in the most of the songs in Cats, I feel like the big problem that I have with them is that they just dial. The only move is to dial up the whimsy factor, <laughs> like way too much. Like, it's already so whimsical and so eccentric. Like you're putting a hat on a hat. That you're you're putting a cat on a cat, and that's that's. <laughs> Why you get run into something like Magical Mr. Mistopheles and why it's such a fucking sugar headache to, to listen to that song. God, I love that song. I really, um, I can fucking get down to Mr. Mistopheles. You've um, watched Bored to Death, right? Uh, bits and pieces. There is a, a season three, I want, yeah, there's a season three episode where uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Ted Danson is uh, performing at the Yale Club's like alumni benefit sure. and he's doing uh, 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 Man of La Mancha and then the guy who's going before him is doing Mr. Mistopheles in like full cat makeup but he has like an ex extremely low like bass voice that he's doing it in and never was yeah, there I, exactly exactly and and a, that for whatever reason which is not your traditional take on Mr. Mistopheles at all no he doesn't even sing his own song exactly and it's just um that's but that's burned into my memory as like the default way to interpret 
interpret Mr. Mistopheles. Uh, it is not, though. But what I like about um, Gus the Theater Cat is that when you listen to the poem, you're like, this does sound, sounds kind of sad. It's like this guy's kind of like a has-been, a little washed up. And what I love about... We'll, we'll get into it as we get into it. But I, I think, like, at, at the very least, and this is faint praise, but, like, <laughs> this song has, like, a take on the text that isn't just, like, more of what's already there. More insanity. It's like... Let's use this song as like a resting beat in the yeah. show, and uh, I like. There's something about I don't know. I'm very like uh, drawn to like oh these old dusty rafters, and if these uh-huh. curtains could talk, like all that sort of like cheap romance, uh, that uh, theater romance, oh, the most that magical old space. theater, yeah. Well, we were dream makers in these halls. Uh, if these sandbags that yeah, hold the exactly. curtains could tell their tales. I love that shit. I'm a total sucker for, for melancholy history of theater bullshit. Hence why I've chosen this song. Right. And uh, and that's why I do kind of like the sort of inconsistent, um, sad, sag tone of the beginning of the song. And throughout... So- I I guess I so want something question. out of this song that it can't deliver. Well, is this the this is the original Broadway cast recording? Can you uh-huh. keep playing for a second? I want to yeah. see if this is the one that I'm thinking of. Call him just Gus. His coat's very shabby. He's thin as a rake, and he suffers from palsy that makes his paw shake. That's so sad, Kevin. It is. He suffers from palsy. It I makes know. His paw shake. That's. I mean, it's hard. Exactly. That's why. So, like the the first couple minutes of the song, where we're really setting the table on this asshole, I makes me want Set something. Setting the table on this asshole. Just <laughs> the theater cat. Makes me really want this rich asshole. This pompous shit. <laughs> Gus the theater cat. He has a title. Anyone with a title is bad. Um, if it, it sets the table for a song that it does not deliver, I think later. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I. Maybe it's the way that the guy singing this song takes a snack and makes a four course meal so out of wait, it. This is my question. Let's keep going then because <laughs> okay, I want to okay, hear. Okay. He's old. He can't chase yeah. it anymore. So they can't go in the bar. Sure. They do the bar behind the bar. Which I like. It's cute. Yeah. With anecdotes drawn from his palmiest days. For he once was a star of the highest degree. He has acted with Irving. He's acted with Tree. I'm sorry. Okay. I know that we're yeah, trying yeah. to get to the guy here. That's fine. What? He's acted with who now? So he's acted with Irving and Tree, which are two. I forget. Is it not? It's not John. Not John Irving. It's a different Irving. There's like basically the two two like famous British theater actors, okay. but not famous like famous for 
T.S. Eliot's time. So uh-huh. the thing that I like about it is that it's such an it's such an empty brag uh-huh. to us. But it's the kind of thing that, like... Oh, he acted with tree. Kind of, oh, oh, it's like, or the, you know, um, if you go on some, you know, like... Uh, yeah. Like, ra- pick a random, like, theater school throughout the country and mm-hmm. go to their, like, faculty bio list and you'll see, like, some really old professor there who's like, oh, he was actually the first... And it comes later he in the song. He originated with uh, Ethel Merman and Gypsy. No, but they won't say Ethel Merman. They'll say okay. someone who, like... Uh, we do not remember, but is technically famous. And Phineas Titwilliger. Such, I find that so compellingly depressing of that level of brag being this cat's main calling card mm-hmm. for something that no one already no one remembers. It's like if you if you were a famous actor for several decades, and instead of bragging that you acted with Brando, it's that you acted with like Richard Chiavelli. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Cool. Exactly. Okay, so Tree is a man. I thought... Because this, this shit is already oh, whimsy it's already so whimsy. whimsy. Well, that's the thing. I so was I, like, I should, he acted with a I tree? I should state, like... I, I, from my understanding, Irving and Tree were both actually super, super famous. Okay. They're just like, whatever, you know, 19th century famous where, okay. like, we just don't care about it anymore. So it I'm sure that actually did mean something, but it's like, if you... It's more like if you... If you brag to... A kid born twenty years from now that you acted with Brando—that's—is that, that going to mean that um, much? You know, like you to now. them, probably not. Yeah, it's like back in my day. You know, I worked on Cheers, and kids are like, "What's Cheers?" Mm-hmm. Phrase who? Who? And he likes to relate his success on the halls where the gallery once gave him seven catcalls. Okay. Just um, when are we gonna get to the fireworks? Well, here's, the, here's the big problem I have with the song. No, keep going because I want to hear this. Yeah, we can all do a scale. Okay. You mind if I pause? Yeah. Go. So, fi, fi frond de fiddle is fire frar fiddle. Fire frar fiddle, the fiend of the fell. Uh, I had to look up like every single element of that. My big problem with this song is that that is the level of like whimsical nonsense that's too much. Because spoiler alert for the rest of the song, but they're gonna say that phrase over and over and over again, and it's the kind of thing that I find when I was listening to it. it kind of what it kind of reminded me of is. Um, the phrase the Merovingian from the, the Matrix sequels ah! where it's like a weirdly compellingly specific thing that you uh-huh. kind of can't look away from yeah. and yet hearing it over and over again makes me feel really uncomfortable and like dirty hearing this way. song without a lyric sheet in front of me makes me feel insane it makes me if, yeah. <laughs> if I don't have rap genius open listening to this song I feel Am I supposed to know what that is? Well, it also just feels like I I I believe that I don't know. This is just this phrase is just too much. This is just 
it's Gilding so, Lily way too much for me, and that's where the song loses me. It is not lyrical. It is not... It is... This song is what people complain that Wes Anderson is, and they're wrong. Yes, but, like, they I know complain that it is just too whimsical, too so, dollhouse-y. This song is a fucking dollhouse in a playground. I like don't think it's that more so than the other songs on the show, okay. but I do think that the phrase fire frond to fiddle... Fire frond fiddle the fiend of the fell totally accomplishes exactly what you're saying for me. And that's the big weight that weighs this song down. Now, if I might, if I may, uh-huh. could I propose yes. that for the duration, for the rest of the song, we actually listen to the London cast recording instead? Sure, we can change that Because up. this, I think, so uh, we'll give it, let's give it two more seconds of this guy okay. singing. He's making a real meal of it, right? He's turning this into a banquet. He's too too much, right? A hundred percent. He's every word, the end of every line, he's like, he's doing like Dom DeLuise shit. Too much. We can agree, right? It's, yeah, I think. In, uh, entirely please. too much. Okay, so, so let's the... switch over to the London version. Okay. Sorry to derail any. Ah, please do. Uh, is that on Spotify? It is. It should be. If you search Gus the Theater Cat, maybe then. Uh-huh. I was listening and there's going to gonna be some fucking band like called Gus the Theater Cat. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, do this so... one. 1981. UK 1981. The UK. No, skip forward to like whatever. To... She's doing Broadway voice really hard. I know we've already so, done this part of yeah. the song, but she is... It's intense. So this is what I like, though. So let's pause it for one second. Okay. Now, my take on this song being that, like, I like that they are taking this sort of lightly whimsical story of a washed-up has-been <laughs> actor and mapping it onto a cat. And yeah, then they're doing that in the context. Funny. I find that funny, but also really, like... um. My, my point of comparison that I'm building to, we'll get to a little bit later. Not okay. to keep delaying this because we've been recording not, for a while now. But it's okay. But if this is supposed to be like a purely, like almost pathetic tragedy, uh-huh. I think this performance accomplishes that a lot better okay. than the other one. All right. Let's so we work. had a sampling of the other guy yeah. who's doing a Dom DeLuise. It's just like what they teach you on day one of piano yeah. school. I have played. Oh no. <laughs> Kevin's eyes just went wide. Oh, no. This is sad, right? <laughs> Maybe they're sweating my eyes because we're recording in like a hot box, but I'm about to cry. <laughs> Oh my god! So that's like a, a very shit. different take, right? It's if you took like the droopiest British character actor's energy, like Bill Nye on his saddest day. Uh, yeah, it's he's but he seems sort oh of somewhat uh, uh, confused and ashamed of his own like braggingness or his his own <sighs> instinct to brag here. But it's still like he does. This is what. This is his currency. Like this is what he had going for him, and it's all he really knows how to give. All he has are the these world. stories. I it's know, all he has these he... stories. It's mentioned later that he'll like, or maybe even <sighs> earlier that he'll. This is what he'll kind of char. He's a he's a bit of a raconteur. Like 
Yeah. If you give him, you know, a hay penny or whatever, he'll tell you a story about working with Irving or, yeah. or Tree. That gets me right in the heartstrings. When I'm patchy with this performance, I think it's a lot more successful. Now, holy shit! This I take back everything bad I've ever said about this song. You don't have to take twenty every, seconds of this guy. Okay. Everything. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's still this got now. problems. So what I like about this, uh, they talk about later in the song. We'll get there, but yeah. I might as well bring it up now. Do it. That. Yeah, it's when the the woman who's singing comes back in and says, "If someone will give him a toothful of gin, that's so cute." He'll, he'll like uh, his his uh, genesis for his per- career as a cat actor is when someone at a Shakespeare performance said, "Like, oh, we should probably have a cat in this scene. We need a cat. We should right? get that cat, right?" And that is where this whole thing thing starts to feel very almost like Toy Story ish to me, oh. where it's like a human has projected on uh, very casually and sort of un- unknowingly like, oh, we could make that cat an actor in the play. We kind of need a cat. And then the a cat is an inanimate object, but then the recipient <laughs> right. of that attention takes on this whole inner, like deep, rich inner life that the human is not aware of yeah. at all um, and have this whole sort of like tragic arc to their life that... that uh, they see as this very sort of grand um, uh, narrative mm-hmm. uh, that they're in the the, the fifth act of, uh, as it wow. were. And there's something about that that is missing from basically every other cat in Cats that I kind of like about Gus the theater cat. Wow. Um, There's a soulful set. Is he more of a Woody or like a Buzz Lightyear? I don't know how respect. precise... The Toy Story is there. Isn't there a thespian toy in Toy Story? Yeah, he's like a porcupine or something. He's played by some body. He was in Toy Story 3, which I have not seen in a decade. I've seen it once, yeah. Um, <laughs> the DVD's out there, but I haven't... I don't crack that one open. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it that is just when you... In this song where it gets a bit more specific about mapping, like... Yeah. Um, the trajectory of a whole cat's life. Actors, like, washed up actor specifics onto a cat. Makes it sadder because the cat was never famous to no, anybody. anybody. Exactly. And but, that was, I think, is what this song is better at than the other songs, which is, it's like, yeah, memory is memory or whatever. I and and they have, I, I don't know, what's his, McCavity's like the, the criminal He's cat. the mystery that, cat. That begs He's its own Robin level of specifics. But He's I a cat burglar. Great. Yeah. That, that's its own thing. But this is the most successful version of that wow. thing yeah. for me, is where you have a cat later saying, let's 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 keep playing because we've got a lot of songs to this, get through. God, this is such a long song. It's, a, it's too long. Oops. Sorry, everyone. I fucked up the Spotify. Oh, God. Possible. I don't even know what that means. In this context, like, that is incomprehensible. <laughs> Jeez. 
So I can only imagine that Ian McKellen's take on this character is going to be probably closer to this guy than to the initial the initial voice. That I have heard, to right? imagine because the initial guy is a I not seen a picture, but I'm pick a fat Falstaffian tail winder like this this guy yeah. who can spin you a yarn again forgive the cat pun sure um uh, but like this oh, not forgiven but this, go ahead, <laughs> yeah. understandable um but this is like a a guy who has a cat very pathetic who has who's pathetic he has nothing sort of he goes home to a tiny studio apartment and pours like a thimble of of whiskey yeah. just to like I, go a, to a, sleep a toothful of gin a toothful yeah, of yeah. gin if you will um this is depressing it's this sad. is it's this sad. is it's sad. very sad. <laughs> this is this is and the, horrible. It's so genuinely we can so I I can so vividly picture that person who's just been sort of like bumming around the scene for like yeah. fifty years and it never happened. Stories for him. and never, it kind of maybe happened for a second there, but not to the degree that they no. think it did. He's an Alex Winter. He's not a Keanu Reeves. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so Alex Winter in um, thirty years is going to be Gus the Theater and. That just makes it a lot, I don't know, I have a, a much easier time feeling bad for this whimsy. It just undercuts the whimsy yeah. way more than... Because he's playing the whimsy straight to you. He's not, he's he's not, oh, what is that fucking guy's name in The Lord of the Rings? But, like, he's not the Radagast the Brown. He's playing Gandalf. No. Uh, forgive uh, Ian McKellen. Rad- not Radagast the Brown. He's not... Radag- Tom Bombadil is who I was searching for. That motherfucker, if you've ever tried well, Radagast to Radagast the Brown is sort of the... He's the, the Tom mis- Bombadil no, he's of like the, the Mr. Hobbit. Mistopheles of the, of the Lord of the Rings. He's truly putting a hat on a hat, and the first hat is covered in bird shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, boy, yeah, Radagast truly. the Brown. So now I'm changing my mind. On this, on this pod, we're really having a theory of who is going to get the Oscar nom, because someone is going to. Now I think that it oh. might be Ian. I was not giving Ian that, tough, that though, leverage because Judy has been my my prediction so far. I think it's a little too early to call. It's, I mean, I refuse. But the fun, the fun of it is the fun, the fun of it is in calling it <laughs> for it's you know re- ready to call. But it's tough because has he? Oh yeah, no, he made. I guess every single one of his movies has been a Oscar player. Tom Hooper, yeah. Yeah, even the Danish girl, which is a blight on American history. Yeah, bad movie, but um, yeah. but King's Speech, but Les Mis, but they've been those were huge. Those Oscar are all players. huge winners, winners in many cases, in many categories. Yeah, I think Cats and Danish Girl was again like not a movie that anyone likes or enjoys. A huge Oscar player, but the difference won award that was like what four years ago at this point was it really? And this is I I do think that the. I don't think this movie is untouchable. I don't. I personally don't think this movie is going to get a acting nomination. You don't think so? Personally, okay. I, I I'm I've been wrong before. Okay. But I think like I think there's just too much weird, meme internet energy surrounding this movie. <laughs> like already more than the lame is. Black Panther had that energy though. Black Panther was like, "Is this your king?" You know, he saw that meme for months. But that, but that movie is good. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> an good, interesting point. But that's a good movie. That's <laughs> historic in the right way. <laughs> and and Cats really is like the convergence of everything, though. It is like it's Oscar <laughs> no. culture, it's internet culture, it's motion capture as a technology. I think, no, I think it's going to be a big moment. I just don't think anyone's going <laughs> to give. I think it's also like how how big a. a, a 
does Gus the Theater Cat is not a big presence in the rest of the musical, right? No, this is really like his... This is it, yeah. Ian is going to be in like three scenes. He's going to be in like the introduction. He's going to be in this song. I don't think... And then he'll probably show up at the end. I don't think Ian will get a a nom per se. I think if they're going to give it to someone, the the, the role you nominate would be... uh, Hudson? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I think Hudson is probably smart money. I like dumb money. I like really putting some dumb money down. Come on, I love dumb money. Are you kidding me? If I had dumb you money do to go comedy. around, of course I'd bet on uh, Gus the theater cat. But, right. Uh, yeah, I think I'd probably go, it would go there first. Okay. Because... It's the obvious but call. she's gonna have to be it's really the Dream good. Girls thing. It's and also, she, it's kind of the full She already Dream won Girls for things. doing the exact same thing. Yeah, I think that if it would, okay. if it was going to go anywhere, it's going to go there. But I think it, it is. Uh, what is it? December twentieth. December Cats in Theaters. December twentieth. God, have you talked At about Matt this Rain. with anybody else? Uh, recorded with who? That the 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 Matt's meme. Thing. No, you can please. Our friend Matt. Uh, Matt Rain has New adopted York's darling son. Yeah, who is one of my best friends and commits very hard to things that he commits to them even a little bit. Is tagging every tweet and or facebook status with cats in theaters december 20th now you now when you say every every single one not every every single single one one. and i i've promised that um if if uh if he actually keeps doing that for the next four months i will take him to every applebee's in new york bringing back his last year's huge uh uh, swell of commitment for him um, okay, let's let's do it. We're not going to explain the Applebee's story. I'm going to have Matt on the show, yeah, so stay tuned. Yeah, we'll and tell Matt him, will come on. Tell him that I said that I think he's really overextending himself. <laughs> I think Matt, I think it's hurting your career. How much you're committing Definitely. to the cat well, yeah. story? All right, um, keep, we got a lot of songs. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, sorry. Comparing yeah. it, I know we did three seconds there. That's fine. But he just sang the word character parts. Yeah. And and it was beautiful and soulful. And in the American Broadway version, the oh, guy goes, oh, okay. character <laughs> parts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's annoying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that is such that's my new character that I'm going to debut is an actor who gets up and says, I understudied Dick Whittington's cat. And then he's going to act like a cat. I that's had, my new, I had to that's look this up, guy. but apparently Dick Whittington's cat is like a English like folk piece of, like a, a oh. fable or something. Or no, no, no. It's, it's like a, an actual mayor of London or something like that. Someone will correct me on that one. But um, based on him, it's like a story of him, his like rise in exchange for selling his cat or something like that. Some, something like that. But it's like a, a popular uh-huh. English piece of English folklore. Um, and I find the, I find it so charming that, uh, uh, he's bragging about understudying <laughs> Dick Whittington's cat, not okay, playing Dick Whittington's cat. Mm-hmm. Think about it. I once understood, I was once the... You know that again. It's bringing back the like the guy who's being brought in to direct your your high school musical, and it's like, oh, did you hear? This guy was like, uh, he was 
like in the s- second ensemble of the original touring production of Course Line. Like he was in like the Philadelphia real, regional yeah, exactly, production. Yeah. Uh, wow. Exactly, and it's your uh, it's that energy that I find addictingly depressing, and sort of sweet and sad in its own way. That's beautiful. So before we get into this, oh no, uh, I I I'm I'm giving this a lot of credit. Like I don't think it's good or anything, but I think <laughs> no, it's good. like it's better than I prefer it to most of the rest of the show for this reason. But maybe it's just a personal thing. Okay. But however, you can run, but you can't hide from the worst part of this song, which is. As history will tell. It makes me feel insane. It makes me feel insane because I don't know what they're talking about. What the fuck? Like, it's presented in a way... As if we know... That I know... It's like he's saying I played Voldemort. And I'm like, oh, okay, Voldemort. But well, <laughs> but I don't know what the fuck he's... To- I played Henry V. Got it. I well, played Friar Farfiddle, the Fiend of the Fell. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, it's... I get the... Is the joke that... Oh, it's like this absurdly specific thing that we don't know, but he's very proud of? Did you... Is that Did the you idea? do like an entomological breakdown of this? Because you seem to have done research. I've done nothing. Well, the fiend of the fell just means like the 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 fiend of the the like. Well, the fell. He's, he's a bad guy. <laughs> he's a he's bad guy. Not... But the fell is some sort of like I don't know. It's some part of the like English landscape. Oh. Or something. Oh, like he's the fiend of the the of marsh. He's the, the hound of the Baskervilles. Yeah, it's. I think we're playing in the same kind of. Okay. Pool okay. There. So he was like a mean cat in something but it's friar farfiddle which is the most preposterous it's like too welsh much it's too amount. welsh it's too welsh it's too welsh it is imparsibly well it's like when you try to read an irish play and you get to certain names of towns or people and you, you just highlight them for later discussion <laughs> yeah the greatest yeah. name i've ever seen was in a martin mcdonough play and the character's name is mary johnny that's her yeah. first name oh yeah, yeah. Incredible. that's in um Cripple uh, of Inish? Yeah, I directed that play when I was in high school. Yeah, I love that play. Oh, it's a great play. Great play. Martin McDonough, one of our great playwrights. He's a really good writer. And yeah. director. Yeah. I think. I like all three of his movies. Hot take. <laughs> I like all three of his movies, too. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I like them to varying degrees, <laughs> shall we say. I, I, would, I would say that as well. Uh, probably in descending order, I but still. in descending order as well. Seven Psychopaths. That's a fun little movie. That's a very fun little movie. Sam Rockwell is on fucking fire. Best Christopher Walken we've gotten in decades. Uh, for sure. Best Tom Waits we've gotten in decades. Oh my good god, he's so good. <laughs> Maggie! <laughs> uh, well, that was until Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Are you... Come on, Mr. Pocket. What are we talking about? Hey, tomorrow, Mr. Pocket. You're doing a good Tom Waits. Thank you. That's I need to take that in tour on the two very road. specific... Yeah, that, yeah, I can... That's I can... your That's your fire from fiddle. It's like, I once played Tom Waits on the UCB stage. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. They act like they invented this scale. So yeah, I like this for giving, we're picking up a little bit. Alright, this is the best part of the song. I think. I can, Com- I can agree up, with you. Coming up right oh, here okay. is... Before I can't. And I say now, these kittens, they do not get trained. 
Is this where he goes on about millennials? In the regular truth, and they think they are smart, just to jump through a hoop. And he says, They think they're so smart with their phones and their Facebook. Well, the theater is certainly not what it was. They don't make movies like they used to. Gus is like an establishment, like, centrist theater cat, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) They've really... Everything's gone down the tube since I I was young. I love that this cat is bitching about young people. It's so good. The theater is certainly not what it was. They think they're so smart they can jump through hoops, they can send emails. Well, I I performed in East Lynn. I think it's just funny for if we keep playing for one second. These modern productions are all very well. And we're seeing this train wreck going from a mile away. That's when you know it's coming. Yeah. What, Gus? As? As what? As I'm sorry, who? Oh. Of what? Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. You've never mentioned that before. Yeah. <laughs> He's your grandpa who won't stop telling the same story fucking over and over and over again. No, exactly. All right, we've gotten we've, um, we've gotten the whole thing. Yeah, this song this song goes on for another minute or so, which is baffling. And I think we've been going on for an hour, so I want so oh, I, wow, can I not... give you my sure. nuclear take on this song? Okay, it is a country song. Interesting. This is exactly if you change the instruments involved, this is exactly a grand old Opry country song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see if that. you strum it up, if you, it's the best kind of countries i don't want to be a gus the theater cat about it but when country music was good uh (laughs) and it was sad and soulful and and really like talked about some shit um this is exactly the kind of song you might get a song from a character's perspective a character who does not just wear blue jeans and like tight t-shirts and drinking beer you know just go listen to that bo burnham song um but this is a country ballad that like that fucking guy would have performed in Nashville or something like that. That's my, that's my nuclear. I think that's a good take. I think I, I, for all of the problems that this show has, I think they are are replete with the show's replete with problems. But I think that I like cats when it is hitting the, uh, 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 when it's just a little bit clearer about what it's like deal is. And this is <laughs> yeah. probably the clearest thing we get, which is like, yeah, in the invented world of like the cat underground or something. Yeah. A, a theater actors gave this cat a little attention and it took itself way too seriously as a result. And now it's kind of left wondering where its life went, but sort of bragging to nobody essentially that I think is a much more um, digestible, relatable <laughs> narrative than whatever the fuck is going on with magical Mister Mistopheles. He's a magician, you see. No, I don't, Kevin. I don't see. <laughs> I don't get magi- it. He does magic. At one point, Judy Dench gets kidnapped, and he's the one who gets her back through the the power of actual cat magic. 
He's a little in the the VHS tape of the American production that they put out in like the late nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He disappears into like a cloud of early After Effects sparkles. <laughs> It's it's amazing. That's funny. Uh, well, uh, Graham, you have successfully turned me around on this song by simply I'm, providing me another version. I think the of London it. version is much better. I tr- I listened to the London version first when I was preparing for this. Everyone at home, put together your own playlist of this from all the different cast recordings. Sure, really, really build your own soundtrack. Um, and I I then I went back. I was like, well, I should probably listen to the Broadway version if I'm going to talk about this for an hour with Kevin. Sure. And I couldn't get through like the first like minute or it so. As, is... soon as, as soon as his fucking voice comes <laughs> in, character <laughs> box. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. So it's disgusting. I think I think this is a pretty forgivable song, all things considered, in the context of Cats as a whole. But I think make your gust sad, and that's why I'm looking forward to see. Uh, Ian's going to fucking slay this. He's going to crush this, right? He's going to absolutely destroy this. This has only increased my desire to watch this film that this is all about. So I don't think that anyone's going to get an Oscar nomination for Cats, but Ian might get a Golden Globe nomination. I think this is going to be one of those baffling, shall we call them, green book scenarios Mm -hmm. where this movie is actually going to get like eight Academy Award nominations and we are all going to sit there gobsmacked staring as as we watch this unfold that is my prediction right now now i like everyone else have just seen one trailer and that one insane behind the scenes now is the time to to bet big i'm betting betting the farm on this one yeah okay okay now (laughs) i thank you for talking about gus theater cat with me for an hour i i brought you here to talk about your own journey into the american theater would you like you can, to talk? I'm Kevin doing, is doing a weird like clock hands, uh, rhythmic uh, things. I don't I'm know doing. What, what this I'm. Is. I'm trying. You can't talk about Broadway without oh, making it. big hand gestures. Making big hand so gestures. you you've got a little piece of New York theater. Yeah, I got own. a play that's going up uh, starting uh, on, on next Saturday on the 10th, which this will this will come out the day after, after that. Okay, but there yeah, are more we'll productions uh, throughout August as part of the Rave Theater Festival. It's a play called The Tycoons. Um, and, uh, Kevin was nice enough to have me on, uh, with the allowance that I might plug it. Yeah, plug. that was my impetus to get you to come on the show. Hell yeah, I would have done it anyway, but, um, oh, thank you. but, uh, but yeah, if you, if you like, um, I'm trying to think of some sort of connected tissue here. If you uh, like, uh, boy, Gus the Theater Cat, well, he's an actor. If you like actors. Yeah, there we go. That's all we really need. Um, Come but, out and uh, see the cartoon. Tell them where yeah. they can get their tickets. You can you can uh, head over to lessthanrent.com, which is the name of the theater company, uh, and you can uh, get your tickets there. Uh, I think it is a very silly, fun time. I'm very, very happy with where it's at. Uh, it's 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 short. I think it's very funny. Um, there's a lot of great people in it. And, uh, and you know, uh, this could... I don't... I don't want to be like... Hit it. Do it. I don't want to be grandiose about this. We're betting big. But this might be my fire fond of the fiddle. <laughs> the fiend of the fell. I think this is going to be the one they re- I think this is going to be the one I remember me for. Let's be <laughs> <laughs> Plus, that's the 
This has been a Talkback Podcast.